You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Daniel Yelverton. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. morning. It's good to see you all this morning. Uh, for, if we haven't met, I'm uh, Dan, my name is Daniel. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, wow, man, God is so good. Look, look at this. Look at this morning. Ah, singing his praises like it is, it is evident that his glory is here and that he is good. You know, and I'm so excited about this morning because this morning we are, we're continuing our, our series uh, shift, we believe that God is, is shifting us right now, that there's something on the move right now, that God is, God is working in us, and he is aligning his people to his kingdom and what he's calling us to, to look like and to act like. And this morning, we're going to talk about worship, and, and how great was that time of just worship, where we just got to praise God exalt him. He is worthy of it all. And so I'm going to pray over our time this morning, and I just, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit just speaks to us in such a powerful way. Lord Jesus, you are worthy. You are the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain to receive glory and power and honor forever. You are the one that has ransomed your people. You are the one that is able to open the scroll. So Jesus, we exalt you right now. Our praises come and they rise to you. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us. Holy Spirit, speak to us today. Show us, God, your design and desire for what it means to worship you. And God, may we act in accordance and may we act in obedience because you are good and because you love us and you have wonderful things in store for us. In your name, amen. So I'm going to just kind of jump right in. What is worship? What is worship? Is, is worship what we did right here? Absolutely. Singing, dancing, clapping our hands, shouting for praise, playing music. It is all worship. But worship is also so much more than just that. It is not limited to just singing praises and playing instruments. And let's thank God for that because I can't sing very well and I definitely cannot play an instrument. There is no musical bone in my body. I I don't have the rhythm that I wish I had. And so I'm thankful that this is not the only mode for us to worship our king. But in our, and I guess our, our English translation for worship, it tr- literally translates as worthship or worthiness. To apply, to give, to esteem as worthy. And so, yes, it is not just singing praises that gives worth. If anything, there's so much more included in what we have and what we can do to show worthiness and worth. We're created to worship. We were created to assign worth. That's why we crave significance. 
That's why significance is so important to us, because it's so important for us to acknowledge worthiness and worth. And so what does it look like to worship? What do we get from Scripture that shows us what worship is actually like? And we're going to be in Romans uh, 12, 1 today, and we're going to bounce around a couple other Scriptures. But I think what we see from Paul's letter to the Romans is that worship is, first and foremost, it's sacrificial. Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Did you guys know that the first time worship is mentioned in the Old Testament, it's in Genesis 22, when Abraham tells his servants that he's going to go worship with his son Isaac on the top of the mountain where God has called him to sacrifice his son Isaac. You see, worship and sacrifice are linked to each other. They're uniquely connected. And that makes sense, right? Because if worship is based on us showing worth and value to something, what greater way to show worth or value by what you're willing to give up and sacrifice for it? You see, we can say something is worthy. We can say that we worship something. But worship and worthiness is activated when we begin to show what we are willing to sacrifice for it. Think about it this way, which is this is just amazing. If you think about from Romans 5, 8, Paul, Paul says this through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but God showed, he demonstrated, he put into action his great love for us by sending Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. God showed us and placed in us immeasurable worth by sending his son Jesus from his throne of glory to be like us and to pay the penalty and die for us. That's good news this morning. We don't need to find worth or be justified by any other thing because so much worth and so much value has been placed on us by our Creator and through Jesus and what He has done for us. So if worship is showing what is worthy and, and giving and esteeming worth, and worth is being shown by what we're willing to sacrifice, what, is, what does that actually look like in our life? How do you worship? What, what do you find yourself willing to sacrifice for? You know, God has gifted us with such amazing gifts to display value. He gives us countless resources. He gives us the opportunity to show and demonstrate love. He gives us time, something that we can allocate to what we find worthy. Worship is so powerful because of what we are able to assign, what we are able to offer when it comes to worship. But it's when, it's mis when it's misplaced and when it's put in the wrong hands, it is so detrimental to us. So if, if worship is, first, is about sacrifice, then I want to ask you a few questions as we evaluate where our worship lies. Is there something that if you didn't have it, or if you never attained it, would make your life feel less significant? Is there something that if you didn't have it or you never attained it, would make your life feel insignificant? 
Because if God has placed worth in you, because he's placed his image on you, then you are significant intrinsically. Maybe is misplaced worship going on there. Is there something that throughout your life you are most willing to sacrifice for? Sacrifice time, money, relationships, resources. Is there something that you are most worried about losing? Is there something that you're most willing to lie about? Would, would you sacrifice your integrity for something? You see, what those are signs of is those are signs that maybe our worship has, put, has been placed on something else. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit when we go through Romans 1. But that at its core is the root of every issue that we have in our world. So is he worthy of your worship? Is he worthy? Is he worthy to sacrifice time and energy and effort and resources to lay desires, to place that in his hands? Is he worthy? The second thing that worship is, is that it's responsive. Romans 12, 1 again says that, therefore, brothers, I urge you in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. This is true and proper worship. Because of God's mercy, because of what he has done for us, everything that Paul has laid out in the first 11 chapters of Romans is pointing towards the mercy and the grace and the goodness of the gospel. So in light of that, our worship is to respond to that. You see, you know what's really cool about that is that we don't need to gain God's approval through worship. He's already placed his approval on us. He's already placed his value and, his wor- and so much worth on us that it's not about us gaining it because of what we do. It's more that we get to respond to everything that he's done for us. You know, when it says true and proper worship there in Romans 12, 1, the, the base of the word true in the Greek is logikos, which is where we get our words logic and reasoning. So basically, what Paul is saying here is that the reasonable response, the logical response to all that God has done for you is to worship by offering your life as a living sacrifice. There's a a pastor in North Carolina. His name is J.D. Greer. I'm a fan. Uh, He's an an awesome guy. But uh, he, he lays out a great analogy here. So imagine you're coming home from work and you see somebody sitting there on your front porch and they say, hey, while you were gone, somebody came to collect a debt that you owed and so I just paid it for you. So I just want to let you know that. Well, the next question should be, well, who came by and how much did you pay? Well, if the person says, well, the postman came by and you didn't put a stamp on your, your letter, so I went ahead and covered that for you, so you're good now. Don't worry about it. I, I, I helped you out. And then, I mean, so then our response is probably like, wow. Thanks. Thank you for your generosity. I really appreciate that. But if it's the mafia that comes by and says that they've come to settle your gambling debt of $9 million, and if you don't pay it now, they're going to kill you. And he says, don't worry. I paid for it. I covered it. Is our response then just to be like, wow, that's really generous. Thanks. I really appreciate that. And carry on your way. No, the logical response is to fall down and be like, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for doing that. Oh, I'll give you anything. Whatever you need, you have saved me. You have saved my life. What is your logical response to all that Jesus has done for you? Is your worship... Is it logical? Is it reasonable based on everything that God has done for you? 
Or maybe is it misplaced and misguided and therefore not logical? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a couple questions. These are evaluation questions. Are you unwilling to forgive? Are you unwilling to forgive? Because forgive because Christ has forgiven us. That's the proper response. That's the proper response to all that we've been forgiven. But if we're unwilling to forgive, we may have misplaced our worth in the worship that we give. Or even look at the parable of the unforgiving debtor. What has made you most bitter in your life? What have you been not willing to let go or what still makes you angry in light of all that God has done? Does that need to be in your heart? Where are the places in life that you struggle to serve or to love people? You see, because everything that we have in the New Testament as far as imperatives about one another's are based on what Jesus has done. We serve because he served us. We love because we love, he loved us. We forgive because he forgave us. You see all the response that's happening when we have a life that is based on worship. When, our life is, when we offer our life as a living sacrifice, it looks like forgiving others. It looks like releasing bitterness. It looks like loving and serving people. It looks like encouraging others. Does your life of worship reflect all that Jesus has done for you? The last thing I want to talk about this morning is that worship is a, is a choice. You see, Romans 1, 21 through 25 talks about basically everything that went wrong because we chose to worship created things instead of the creator. And it says in verse 21, it says, that even though they knew God, they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And so from that, everything starts to fall apart. And so in verse 24, it says that, that God has abandoned them to do whatever their shameful uh, things their heart desired. And so and in end of verse 25, it says, so they worshiped and served things that God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. You see, when it says that God abandoned them, really what he said is he just gave us our way. We asked for it. We chose to worship something else. That was, the, that was the flaw from the very beginning. We worshiped our own security. We worshiped trusting our own life, whether we could find happiness the way that we wanted to get it. We didn't trust God. And instead, we gave our worship and worth, that thing that's in our soul for something else. And because of that brokenness, the brokenness that we see right now is because of that. And so worship is a choice. God has revealed himself to us. He has placed his imprint on us when he created us in his image. However, when we choose to worship something else, we fashion God the way we want him to be. We want him to serve us. We want, him to, we want to be the center of the universe. You see, we're called to be living sacrifices, and I love what Pastor Phil says about this. He says that living sacrifices tend to get off the altar. And even though we give our life to Jesus, daily we have to go back to that altar. Daily we have to go back to what it means to lay down our life in true worship. So as the band comes up, I want us to, to, to process this a little bit more because there is a weight there is, our soul is something that God has fashioned for him. We were created by him and for him. And it's, what's interesting is that the, uh, the Hebrew word for glory, for worth, is called kabod, which literally means weight. And you know what? Who is not meant to carry the weight of your soul? 
your spouse, your job, the praise of people, it crushes you and it crushes others. We've seen it. We've seen it when we try to sacrifice so much because we placed the weight and the worth of our soul onto something else that was not meant to hold it, that couldn't hold it, that, was, that it was meant for the creator, not created things. So what is the weight of your soul being placed on right now? Where are you putting that worth and that value? What do you find yourself sacrificing for? Is your worship reasonable? Is it logical? Is it in response to all that Jesus has done for you? And the band is going to play a song called Is He Worthy? And I want us to ask ourselves, ask our souls that question. Is He worthy? Is He worthy of all blessing and honor and glory and praise? Is He worthy of everything that you have to give Him? Is He worthy of your time? Is He worthy of your family? Is He worthy of your energy? Is he worthy of your principles? Is he worthy of your ideals? Is he worried? Is he worthy of everything? Because he is the one alone that has set us free. Let's be reasonable in how we worship. Like David was very reasonable when he worshiped like with reckless abandonment around the, around the Ark of the Covenant when it was coming in Jerusalem. He didn't care what other people thought. He was indignified, and it didn't matter because his worth was going to the one who was worthy. Jesus, may we give you our worship. May we give you our praise. May we live lives in proper response. May we offer our lives as living sacrifices to you, holy, acceptable, and pleasing to you. This is our worship. Father, help us when we get, on the, when we get off the altar. We, it is hard. We are not very good living sacrifices, and we need to re-up every single day. So give us grace in the process. But, but Father, may we know, may we know intrinsically that you are good. If we can trust you with our souls in eternity, then we can trust you with the things of our present age, of our present day, our present worries. We can lay it at your feet and we can worship you because you are worthy. You are worthy. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly impact Bible study podcast as well. Both of our weekly podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.